0: There's an Urdu poem, or it's a verse, Magas ka baag mein jane na ke ek parwane ka hoga. Right? I'm sorry if you don't understand that. Uh, let me translate
1: that. <laughs> Assalamualaikum. welcome to today's episode of uh, the Islam 21st Unscripted podcast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Salman Bhatt, and my co-host today is the lovely Adil, his name's Adil. Say hi, Adil. Oh, is it on? Sorry, yes. Asalaamu yeah, Alaikum. And with us, we're joined by our brother, Uncle uh, Ustad Adil Rashid. Um, yeah, I think it's
2: Adnan Rashid. I'm Adil.
1: Adil Rashid. He's a cricketer, isn't it? Yeah. All right, let's start again. This is Adnan Rashid. Ustad Adnan uh, Rashid, mashallah. Uh, how was your trip here?
0: Alhamdulillah. Very nice. Thank you for inviting me. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. As salatu wa salaam ala Rasulillah, bad.
1: Allah. Yes. Your voice sounds really nice
2: in these mics, isn't it? Yes. Mashallah. 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 Has anyone told you you've got a really nice voice?
0: <laughs> anyone. <Yeah>. Many, people. <laughs> Many people. Many people. Many <laughs> people.
2: MashaAllah. How was your
1: journey here?
0: My journey was quite. Came good. all
1: the way from West London to East London. Yes, yes. And I was making West a lot journey. of
0: phone calls on the way, sending messages, talking to people, yeah. sorting a few things out. So, Alhamdulillah, it was a very mm. nice journey. MashaAllah. So, when you're busy doing something, you don't. Feel the journey, yeah. the length of the journey. Mashallah,
2: productivity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I find it very difficult to read when I'm being driven around. Yeah, same just here. I get, get kind of yeah. sick or looking at a phone or something.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I find it generally hard to read. <laughs> no, i <I'm> joking.
0: <laughs> we need to get out of that habit of not reading.
2: That's yeah. a really good point to start off with, actually, mashallah. mashallah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, actually, I've,
0: we all read. Yeah. What we don't realize is that we read a lot uh, and what we're reading is rubbish, online, mm. Facebook posts, Instagram, and uh, other things, billboards, we read billboards, we read, we read, we do read a lot, mm. but we don't read important stuff, that's the problem. And on average, every single person in the world who uses mobile phones reads yeah. um, two, three pages of a book. Or equivalent of that, yes. but we're reading rubbish, unfortunately. In mm. most cases, I'm not saying all people are reading rubbish, yeah. but in most cases, we're just reading unnecessary stuff that doesn't really develop your your mind. It mm. doesn't doesn't make you think.
2: Yeah, I uh, think that depends also what type of book you read. Because mm. if you got one of the picture books, then it's a few <laughs> words per page, yeah. pop up ones. <laughs> you know how I real
0: how I realized this. Uh, yeah. Actually, my son Musa and Ali Dawa. Mm. Was also my, like my son, mashaAllah, both of them, I love them daily. Uh, they were having this conversation and Ali was saying to Musa, I, I, I can't read. I can't read. And Musa told him, bro, you read a lot. You actually do read. And you are on your phone maybe uh, eight hours out of, the, mm-hmm. out of the 10 hours we spend together. So he said, yeah, you're right. I do read, but I don't read important enough stuff. So yeah. this is a misconception. We all read. We don't read important stuff.
1: Yeah, subhanAllah. I mean I've been to Adnan's house and mashallah his library is huge. <laughs> then your your front room just alone you had so many books, but then I went upstairs, you showed me some manuscripts of uh, kind of stuff. He's got a big collection. And his bedroom even like wall to wall, just uh uh bookshelves. How many books do you have? Um uh, easily over three thousand. Like. Wow.
2: Yeah. Kind of yeah.
0: And I hope I'm able to read all of them one day. I do <laughs> read chapter, I mean, whatever interests me out of those books. And I believe collecting books is um, a hobby every Muslim should aspire mm-hmm. to adopt. Why? Because we were the most bookly people when we talk about the Muslim civilization. Mm. The Muslim civilization was based upon this, um, this notion of um, being bookly. Okay, today we have unfortunately become the most bookless people for some yeah, reason. Is
2: that because we don't read books, or is it because we have tablets and we have things to replace the books? So we could have that's partly the reason. Books, but you know that's iPad. partly
0: the reason. But generally, we have become uh, a bookless people. Uh, Do you ha- have a
2: Kindle as well?
0: Um, no, I read. I like to read hard copies. Yeah, this read from You like
2: the feel of the of the book? And no, not even the, the
0: feel. Thing. Is I r- I feel more comfortable um, reading a, a from a hard copy than than reading online or mm. reading PDFs on the, on the screen. They're kind of effective. You're not
2: PDF man, then?
0: Not really, not Perfect. really, unless I am really, I mean, I can't find uh, hard copies, then I, uh, mm. I, I don't mind reading from PDFs.
1: Unless it's a refutation. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> PDF right. PDF refutations. Yeah,
0: PDF <laughs> refutations, they're very entertaining, so you don't feel the pain, you know? So, so generally, I think we should definitely, we mm. the Muslims in particular, and humans in general, we should go back to reading books, yeah. We'll go back to um, reading important information that helps us improve our lives in general so that we can make this world a better place.
1: I think a lot of it is because of um, kind of socio-economic ishu- uh, uh, dynamics as well because generally in the population mm-hmm. as uh, there was a program on the radio the other day about how um, the, the further up on the kind of economic scale you go the more um, children tend to read for enjoyment Mm. rather than being forced to do something yes uh, mm. and it's, some say it's partly because the parents have more time to spend with their kids they mm. can read to them and par- they they grew up enjoying that but mm. if the parents are kind of struggling to make ends meet then they're going to spend less time reading to the kids and that kind of stuff um, and also they mentioned you know it, it's, it's very important for building certain skills like empathy like your imagination skills i mean i was talking i did a, um, a youth event you know night mania um, I shouldn't mention like where exactly that. I was really kind of saddened to see a lot of the brothers, the kind of young people. They instead of reading, they play. Lo- they, they spend lots of time playing online games and social media, and it, it, you feel like they may be struggling with certain, um, you know, social skills. Social, social skills, skills oh. even kind of maintaining eye contact, speaking to someone in real yes. life, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff, and it's very sad. Yeah, unfortunately. How do you? How, do you in, how would you encourage? Like the next generation to hold fast to to reading as a, for in, for you know for j- even as a hobby to to instead of kind of putting on the TV or going to social media and stuff.
0: Um, I think parents have to lead the way, and they, they 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 must start collecting books, must buying start buying books for your children. Mm. I remember as a child, um, when I was not a teenager yet, um, my mum bought me a book and. The fact that she bought me a book had a huge impact on me. I made sure that I read that book. It was on Islamic history, it was a history of the prophets. So and what age were we you? I was, uh, I think I was 12 at the time. She bought me a book. She, she, she specifically bought this book for me. She came home and she said, I bought this mm-hmm. book for you. So read it. <coughs> Where and were you, which country? In which I was you in grew Pakistan up? at the time. Grew I grew up in Pakistan, yeah. Um, so so was I it read Urdu or English? The book was in Urdu. Okay. So, my Urdu reading was. Uh, and that book kind of got me going into reading more. It encouraged me. So, parents should take the lead. They should encourage mm-hmm. the children to read and, and not just with words. Facilitate uh, for your children, you know, facilitate uh, an educational environment for them. Give them means uh, or take them to museums personally. Uh, take them to libraries. Uh, borrow books for them. Get them to choose books. So, when
2: she gave you the book, hmm. How, how did that follow through because a lot of parents these days they'll give they'll go yeah. back 10 books yeah. they'll give the kids 10 books and they'll yeah. I'll read these look we bought them some yeah. present they value the book they give the book but then there's yeah. no follow through after that
0: yeah you see the thing is uh, my mum probably doesn't even remember that she, she, I don't think she would remember that particular incident um, but I do because it meant a lot for me as a child mm-hmm. when she gave me the book it was like out of the blue and uh, I started reading it. And I remember the impact to this day. It's, it's still with me. So these gestures, they, m- they may be very small gestures, unimportant, insignificant for parents, but they go a long way with children. Mm-hmm. Even a simple advice to a child, sit the child down, speak to the child seriously, tell the child how the world is, what needs to be done, uh, where you should start, Give a book to the child. Say, read this book. Buy simple stuff first, because if you if you're buying mm. highly complicated stuff, academic studies of, uh, you know, pipes and and yeah. and maybe you know stars or or, or rockets or something like yeah. that. How to Not become a doctor? Yeah, and stuff, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Yeah, something interesting, right? Yeah. So the children are kind of uh, more involved in that. I've done that with my kids occasionally, and mm. it works. It works, alhamdulillah. Did so you have
1: a TV in your house with your kids? Of course,
0: of course we had a TV. But in Pakistan is only I, like one I, channel. I, I watch oh no, TV. In your house. Yeah, but one of the problems we're facing right now, one of the challenges is the phones mm. and the games within those phones. So the chil- so our children are very, unfortunately, very, very, very mm. much involved in playing these games mm. uh, on their phones. These games and
1: are designed to... Um, hijack their brain chemistry even. Unfortunately, Uh, and it seems to be
0: working. Uh, There is very little communication between families. Uh, Kids don't know parents, parents don't know kids, because parents are busy on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and kids are busy playing games. And uh, then as they grow, their interests change, and sometimes they start listening to music and then mm. they start, make, start making new friendships and mm. those friendships lead them to different things in life. So it's very important to have a very strong relationship, very, very strong relationship. So, the, so parents must assert their authority and limit the time of uh, yeah. children on their phones so and that even w- games.
2: Is that what you did with your kids?
0: Yes, I try my best to do it. My kids, the younger ones, two younger ones, they are uh, kind of hooked on these games. Mm-hmm. So I always tell my wife to, to cut the time short how old and are they? Um, they are now, uh, my daughter, is. Uh, she's, um, he was born in 2003. That would make her 16. Uh, okay. And uh, okay. my son, the y- younger okay. one, uh, he's, uh, he was born in 2006. So mm. that would make him 13. 13. So uh, 16 and 13, both of them mm. are teenagers. And I now try to make mm. more time for them to take them out, to walk around, go to museums, just show them stuff, talk to them about this stuff. Look, mm. to, It stimulates their minds. It makes them think, hold on. There is a world outside of these games. There is something very important mm. happening out there. We need to be part One of it. One practical yeah.
1: kind of um, piece of advice I think uh, Ustad Suhail gave was that have every day have a digital sunset. Mm. So, and th- like beyond this time. Was mm. it sunset or blackout? Digital mm. sunset. So, beyond, we call it what you want. It's not yeah. Very important. But beyond like 7 pm, or whatever. Lockdown. Nobody. Mm. Mm. Even the parents, hmm. you you turn off the Wi-Fi, you put all of your absolutely good, ma- amazing idea, and have a real you know meal mm. or conversation, especially before you go to bed. It should be the last thing you see. And I
0: see I see a real change in their behavior, children's oh. behavior. When parents take them seriously, sit them down, and have a conversation with them. This conversation can be about mm. plants, stars, trees, carpet, table, anything for that matter. Brexit. Uh, yeah, Brexit, <laughs> if, if, that, if, if it deserves a discussion. Okay, um, it could be anything. But the kids, they start to realize, hold on, we have a family. Mm. We have parents who care for us. They want to talk to us. And you see them, you see the real them coming out. They start talking, they start expressing themselves. They start to feel the relationship. Mm. And unfortunately, what's happening nowadays in this current day and age, we have been affected by this severely. Our children do not have a strong relationship with the parents. They are making virtual friends online, yeah. whether it's in the form of the games and the people they play games with, or, you know, people they communicate with uh, on WhatsApp it's so, and Snapchat. It's so, um, yeah. it's
1: so kind of, uh, as a parent, it's very attractive to an almost irresistible not to give your child something and then just leave me alone Hmm. a lot of people say Hmm. that you know that if you give them a tablet or put something on tv you get some you know um the parents or the mother Hmm. you know if she's Hmm. stuck in the house Hmm. she'll get some time to herself you know so it's very very difficult to Hmm. overcome that kind of um that you know uh,
2: allure of so how do your kids deal with you know mashallah that you're in the spotlight You're out and about. Your speaker's corner, Mashallah Musa, now as well, is in the spotlight. Does that have an impact on your other kids? Do they Uh, see that? Do they want to? The only impact
0: my kids are facing at the moment is my absence. Uh, Mm. I'm absent from home for long periods. I'm gone for weeks, uh, doing events uh, internationally, and sometimes I feel um, that I'm not giving enough time to them, and uh, and it really uh, does kind of affect me. But I try to make up. Uh, for it. When I get back, I spend time with them. I try to talk to them. I want to take them out. And uh, it's, it's not easy, unfortunately, but it can be done. And I'm working on it. But that's one of the struggles I have, uh, the absence. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're not very young. Uh, fortunately, when they were young, I had plenty of time at home. Because okay, they say the younger years are yeah, the most now they're are older. Right. For, for the last three, four years, I've been very busy. So it hasn't really impacted them. They do, they do miss me, they message me that we're missing you, want you to come back, and they feel this sense of security when I'm at home. You know, yeah, the much alpha much male much uh, much is at home, <laughs> Mufasa. Uh, Mufasa, <laughs> Mufasa is in the living room, you know, or Mufasa is in the toilet yeah. upstairs. Yeah, or Mufasa is in the bedroom, okay. Um, so it's that kind of feeling, you know. The little Simbas, you know, yeah. they, so it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, they feel this sense of security, which is very important for kids to feel, and I believe this is why, uh, you know, broken families um, impact uh, the well-being of children uh, uh, to a high degree. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because children they don't they lose that sense of security, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a very important so thing. So
1: for for like uh, younger imams, du'a and stuff that mm-hmm. are kind of th- their families are young, would you suggest to them that they kind of not go on the kind of global tours for long expen- ex- extended periods and whilst their kids are still that, that young. Age, you see, it's, it's not team. about
0: quantity, it's about quality. Mm. As long as they have a very strong going relationship uh, mm. with the children, uh, whereby they have uh, a very uh, you know, strong communication going on, uh, whether it's WhatsApp, whether bond, it's phone yeah. calls, or whether it's their presence in person, mm. um, as long as they have that with the children... Then it shouldn't really affect uh, the absence from home. But uh, I believe the younger the children, uh, the, the the better the the prospect of um, having a stronger relationship. Because when they when they tend to get older, um, mm-hmm. you you know you tend to um, you know find this distance between yourself and your child. Which is natural, right? Because obviously yes. when they're younger,
2: you're looking after them, you can spend a lot exactly. more time with them. Exactly. When they're getting older, they want to find yeah. themselves, they're going to grow older, they're yeah. going to have their own decisions, they want yeah. a bit of space, etc. So you want to build those bonds yeah. when yeah. they're younger.
0: Yeah. So I, I advise that give your children priority. They are your asset. They mm-hmm. are your future. Your true legacy are mm-hmm. your children. Give as much time, quality time as possible to them. And as long as there's quality, quantity wouldn't really impact uh, the, the, the bigger picture. Mm, so surely. it's very important to talk to your children, to sit with them, <coughs> to look them in the eye and say, listen, whatever problems you may be facing, whether it's, uh, it's, um, uh, you know, whether it's something at school, college, on the street, wh- within yourselves, where you're feeling down, talk to me. I want you to talk to me so that you can solve the problems. And uh, mm. children find strength in their parents. Parents must realize, and if children come with problems, don't wish them away. Don't uh, have a go at them. Don't blame them for the problems they may be having. They are innocent, they are young, they are tender. And if you push them away, if you wish them, uh, like people, parents say, mm-hmm. How did you even end up in this situation? You know, no blame game. You, shouldn't be. you should help your child overcome the troubles. And I'm, I'm going through that every single day. I'm a father, okay? Oh. Every single child has a unique issue, so you have to deal with it. So Mm. you should be there always for them. They should see you as your as their strength, not as the backbone. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what got you into into studying history? Was that that book that your mother gave when you were twelve, or something else? That
0: that helped uh, um, to to an extent. uh, That helped to to gain interest in history in general. Uh, But there were a number of things. When I was growing up, uh, I was more into uh, learning about Muslim figures, for example, I would read novels, historic novels, and they kind of stimulated my interest into, re- uh, you know, reading more about Muslim figures. Like again, is
2: this in the Urdu medium? Urdu, 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 Urdu,
0: mainly, Urdu. mainly Urdu, because I started with Urdu. Yeah, and um, I was. Whereabouts,
1: ra- wi- whereabouts? in Pakistan were you raised?
0: I was raised in mainly in Islamabad, the capital, uh, and I've spent few couple of years in the village as well. So I'm you have a
2: strong connection, obviously, you were brought up in Pakistan. Yes. So do you yes. identify yourself as... I, I think as like a Pakistani. A pa- you think like a Pakistani. Yeah, my, I'm okay. th- I think like a Pakistani. Okay. Ra-
0: okay. I don't know what that means. Okay. People, people, <laughs> I people, don't either, people, but okay. People, people can take, the, uh, take from that whatever they want. Okay. But my mind, uh, my sense of humor... And dream, the language I think or yeah, the language I swear in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sheikh Ahmadidad. Yeah. Yeah, Rahmatullah. <laughs> he said your language <laughs> is the one you dream in and you swear in. <laughs> that's what Sheikh Ahmadidat said, <laughs> yeah. right? Sure. So um my language is Urdu, basically, and that's the language you speak at home. So I was primarily reading in Urdu. Um I was nineteen when I came to the UK in nineteen ninety seven. So I had been th- through college and and, uh, and school, and my university was here, of course. Which um, university did you go to? I went to the University of London. Uh, okay. b- uh, did my bachelor's at uh, Birkbeck, and then did my master's at SOAS, and I'm now pursuing further studies. What did you do in your bachelor's? bachelors? History. history. History and then history and master's history? and history, yes. Okay, sure. Yes. So yes, so yes. And love it history. will be history, <laughs> yes, <laughs> inshallah. That's the thing about history, uh, that
1: yeah. you know, uh, every year there's just more of it. Yes,
0: absolutely. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. And, and it's, it gets more interesting. The more you learn about it, the the better it gets. And it teaches you so much. Um, amazingly, the Qur'an, yeah. one of the strongest arguments Allah presents in the Qur'an to teach lessons is history. Mm. Uh, how many examples does Allah give? Alam tara lam fil bilad so Allah is giving the examples story of Dawood al-Islam, Sulaiman, and other prophets, oh. Isa al-Islam um, the purpose is to teach you lessons Surah Baqarah uh, talks about Banu Israel at <laughs> yes. length and the purpose is to highlight points, to, to avoid pitfalls, uh-huh. okay? And to repeat uh, virtues. If there is something virtuous about history, it needs to be repeated, mm. you
1: know? A lot of our parents, though, I mean, of our, my generation, they discourage learning or studying history in those kinds of humanities. They're like, no, no, you have to be a doctor, engineer, scientist, or accountant or something. Yeah. Practical, and that's—I think that was a—that's a bit of a disaster. Like yeah. you, Mashallah, you
2: became a doctor, Mashallah. <laughs> I saw saving lives, lives every day, <laughs> day. <laughs> kind of.
1: But uh, you know, so like what sh- was your doctorate again?
2: <laughs> He's a <laughs> doctor. <just>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need to know. Mashallah. Well, like
1: uh, like Sheikh Haytham says, you know, he says we 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 pushed our children to become rule followers, not rule or kind rule of rule producers. Yes and um, my agree. cousin he uh, found out he did he, he chose history as a um, as a degree mm. to the kind of protest of his parents I was like thinking Alhamdulillah <laughs> trying to explain to them that this is really this is really powerful and important for us to you know put our, our young people towards but it's hard to pay the bills though that's the problem And that's a realistic
0: that's a misconception that's a misconception that's that's a mis- what people, it, say. people think that they're going to send their kids into law into medicine into accountancy and that that will pay bills. No, Mm. that may depress the child. The child doesn't want to do it. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. And the child may end up failing uh, because of that choice made on his or her behalf. There was a funny meme I came across on Facebook. There was a child, newly born child, and um, there was a meme that, okay, you will be an engineer. And the child is responding, bruv, I was only born five minutes ago (laughs) and you already (laughs) made the choice for me. And this is exactly how it is, unfortunately. Parents choose for children as to what what they should do. That
2: that was traditional in the last generation. But Do you think it is in our generation growing up, after going through that experience, Mm. that with our kids when they grow up, we'll actually be a bit more um, open or will we be the same and just tell them, you know what, we've been through it, stick to medicine, become a doctor, become a dentist, Mm. become an engineer?
0: There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you you make a commitment to yourself that this is only for a a, a career, uh, to make money, to earn a living. Okay, uh, primarily I believe it should be due to passion. If you have a passion for medicine and you want to serve humanity that way, then it's a, it's a beautiful thing to do. It's a v- but if you're doing it only for money to get a job, so, uh, then you end up doing wrong things. This is why people, mm. you know, when uh, uh, they don't have ethics with education, uh-huh. then it's a recipe for disaster. And people start doing immoral things when they are doctors, lawyers, uh, consultants or uh, accountants. Because they didn't really want to do it; they didn't want to serve humanity. The intention f- from the beginning was wrong. This is something that comes from parents. Parents don't necessarily think that way, unfortunately. Nowadays, did you they give need to any
1: <clears throat> any kind of um, careers guidance to your kids? Like um, what, was, what was your kind of messaging to become me? a YouTube star? My father, <laughs> no, not really. None, none of that
0: was planned. And uh, my father uh, w- wanted me to do business. He wanted me to be a businessman. He always mm. instilled that. Um, because he lived a very difficult life as a, as a child. Um, and those days were quite tough for people. And because he had seen that life, he wanted us to, to overcome financial difficulties. So he wanted me to indulge in business. As for my mother, she was encouraging uh, to study the conventional way. Okay, she uh-huh. does to this day. Okay. The conventional way is going to school, Waking up seven o'clock in the morning, which is torture for a child, okay? So, and I used to hate going to school. I used to hate so going to school. So the hours in
2: Pakistan are different, right? So you go earlier, yeah. and you finish earlier in the afternoon, no? Yeah, two o'clock, one, two, yeah, two just about, yeah,
0: one or two o'clock. Half one in, in, in summer and two o'clock in winter, I think. Something like that, I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. So I went to school. Um,
1: you blocked it out of your memory. Yeah, that's how bad it was. <laughs> uh, that's,
0: that's a really bad part of my memory. Yeah. You know, going to school, it was like prison. Okay. Although schools tend to be different in Pakistan, I went to good schools. I went to what they call in the English medium schools. For some reason, they mm-hmm. have more. They have a better impression in in people's minds. All all pe- everyone wants their child yeah. uh, to go to an English medium school. I don't know why. Uh, but that's the case in Pakistan.
2: Okay, it's because the Urdu is stronger in the school, right? Uh,
0: no, because, <laughs> no, no. because <laughs> Urdu medium schools attend, you know, they, people look down upon them. Yeah, okay, yeah. What, what are these people going to do? They are seen as pendus. Paindu mm. is like a villager or someone backward. Kind Isn't. of thing. Yeah, so if you speak English in Pakistan... You can be uh, part of
1: y- crack at being part of the elite. Uh, yes, later on in life. yes, yeah.
0: yes, absolutely. So it opens doors for you. Mm. So I went through that schooling for 12 years and when I look back now, um, I passed all those exams. So my uh, GCSE equivalent was is called metric in Pakistan. Yeah. Then my A you level was equivalent, for matriculation, uh, Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually didn't know that <laughs> until <laughs> very recently. Until very <laughs> recently, <laughs> it was called metric. Okay, metric. Yeah, okay, okay I, was, metric. okay. I didn't even know. I did FSE. I passed FSE. Okay. Wallahi! To this day, I don't know what it, what that means. To this day, I don't know what that stands so it's
1: for. Foundation in science. I know B A B A and B S C stands for. Bachelor's. Yeah, I, I don't think. It's yes. like A level equivalent, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, A-level it's, A-level but H. I don't know what that means, yeah. right? This shows you. The,
0: so, yeah. <laughs> so, but you passed. I, what does A level mean? <laughs> I passed, but yeah. the problem I have with that education system is that
1: it is it doesn't help the child. I, uh, how did that affect you when you when you were the parent and your kids were now? I
0: basically piece. rebelled against that education system. Okay. And my theories may be unconventional. I don't want to use the word radical because of the connotations that it may come with today. Yeah. Uh, my theory on education is unconventional, okay? I don't like this colonial educational system which was imposed upon us mm. um, by the colonial rule and we adopted it as uh, revelation from Allah, mm. okay? But didn't it give suit
2: to you, though, when you grew up, that you went to a Pakistani school? If you had gone to a school in the West, maybe you would have been a lot less um, astute to maybe some of the things you are today.
0: I, I don't think so. The education system is the same. The system is the same. The, the curriculum is quite similar. So if you were to put my math, maths book today in front of me, mathematics, mm-hmm. which I passed mm. r- r- with relatively good numbers, good marks, mm-hmm. right? I will fail. I passed it, I went through that system. I do not remember a word from my books I covered in my GCSE yeah. equivalent or a level Because they, they,
1: uh, the schooling system hmm. was made to produce um, workers to serve the industrial revolution. Exactly. Conveyor belts. Of exactly, you know. so I,
0: called, I call, this is f- for right, f- rightly so, I called once in one of my public speeches in Pakistan, I called the system poultry farm. Yeah, and they were like, "Wow, <laughs> what?" Yeah, I said because chicks are being produced; they come out of eggs, and they yeah. put they are put through a mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. and then the cycle is running nonstop. Yeah. Okay, and this is exactly what it is. It's not producing leaders. Where are your leaders? Part if your them. schooling system is powerful, it's if it's producing intellectuals, leaders, scholars, morally upright uh, individuals. Where are they? So, if Pakistani education education system is producing all those people, where are they? Unfortunately, we don't have that leadership in the world and it's never too late. So that's why I I highlight this issue every time uh, I'm in Pakistan uh, Mm. in my public appearances that we as Muslims generally, and Pakistanis in particular, because I'm speaking in Pakistan, should take the lead or in Bangladesh or in in Algeria, Morocco, or any Muslim country for that matter, we need to think global, right? Where are our Muslim leaders when it comes to uh, defending, uh, you know, the wildlife, for example. Okay, I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm serious I thought you were going to
1: say Uyghurs, yeah. no, 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 no.
0: This is where we have lost the plot. We keep mm-hmm. crying about human catastrophes that are taking place around the world, which is fine, which is fine. But these human catastrophes are taking place because we are not looking at uh, other major issues that need our attention immediately. For example, okay, elephant poaching in Africa. Mm. on uh, on daily basis. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just
2: need to stop you there because we just mm. need to put this into, into perspective because right. what could be, I could assume what you're saying is, yeah. you know, it's great we're causing a fuss about the issues happening to our brothers and sisters, yeah. but we need to focus on elephants. Someone might turn around and go, Adnan, are you serious? Come on. yeah. Human life is going. Mm. Once that's fixed, then mm. we'll focus on the animals and focus on everything else. Or are you saying we or should I be think.
1: thinking with everything that's, that's to be taken for granted I, and yeah.
2: i believe when we look
0: at uh, minor things what you deem minor uh, major things will never take place they okay, will never excellent. happen right. okay this is exactly my this is my point Good, yeah. so if you start looking at for uh, let's say if, uh, there's an urdu poem or it's a verse Baag mein na do, ke nahak ek parwane ka hoga Right? I'm sorry if you don't understand that. Uh, Let me translate that. (laughs) Let me translate that. I know what the words mean,
1: but I don't know what they mean. The
0: the (laughs) poet said, do not let a bee go into the garden because a a moth will die in vain. So what's the connection of bee, the bee going into the garden and a moth dying? Because the poet is making a connection between the bee uh, going to the garden, taking juice from the flower, coming back to the hive, producing wax, from wax will come a candle, the candle will burn, a moth will come and sacrifice itself on the candle, on, on light, right? Oh. So deep. the poet that's is making deep. that connection. So deep. prevention is the mother of cure. Yeah, so but if the bee prevention but is if in bee, looking at minor issues. But if
2: the bee doesn't get the pollen, then the yeah. bees will die. And if the bees die, it's not well, an issue. Well, you're getting it's into... A cycle the cycle of life.
0: This, you see, poet, this is why poets talk in <laughs> metaphors, right? This is mm. not act, actual. Yeah, He's yeah. not saying don't let the bees live. He's saying yeah, I'm a bit of a he's making a point. He's making a point. He doesn't
1: believe in chaos. Okay. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> we too.
0: So so the point is if we start looking into like the, look, we the Muslims, yeah. we shouldn't be in this place in the first place. We shouldn't be in this condition. We shouldn't be in this state where have to mm. where we have to talk about Kashmir, Palestine, Rohingya, mm-hmm. and, and and what's happening in China with the Uyghurs and all that. You know why we ended up in this state? Because we forgot about um, um, closer, you know, issues closer to home. For example, uh, our families,
2: okay, taking care
0: of our kids, educating them,
2: producing leaders Hold out on, of them. I was just uh, right? reading a message actually yeah. from uh, hmm. the Islamic Council of Europe. They sent it on their Facebook page. Hmm. It was about, if you can't unite your family, hmm. then how can you unite Duma? Yes, you can't.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can't run a family properly, and you're talking about Khilafah, you're talking about... Uh, ruling a country, you're talking about, you're giving fatwas on militaries around the world, you're giving fatwas on how governments uh, communicate uh, at the UN, Hmm. for example. And every single Muslim person you meet uh, um, in a discussion, unfortunately, is a philosopher, political Uh philosopher, Uh right? But when it comes to, when you look at their home, the sofa is ripped, the, the carpet is dirty, the toilet is broken, the ch- child is on the street selling drugs or something mm. like that, unfortunately. Mm. So where? I mean, f- stop talking about Palestine, Kashmir. I mean, not that we shouldn't, we should talk about the solutions we have. Because I was going to ask yeah. you a question yeah. about yeah. Kashmir. No, 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 we're coming to that. Yeah. We will definitely talk about that. But I'm saying there are things we are ignoring, neglecting, that are closer to us. We have more power to fix those things mm-hmm. exactly. than we do. Uh, um, than we so it's like the yeah. circle
2: of influence compared to your circle of... Concern. concern Concern or
0: ambitions or aspirations or whatever uh, you know you mm-hmm. want to put it under so mm-hmm. that's why i talk about uh, you know when muslims start to take leadership uh, and uh, on all fields in the world okay where we are supposed to be taking le- leadership for example allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the quran in surah al-anbiya wa illa wa illa allah told the prophet that we have sent you not except as a mercy for the worlds the world, the, the word here is worlds. It's not uh, only the Muslims, only the Kashmiris, only the Palestinians, only the Rohingyas. Words means anything that mm-hmm. exists on this planet uh, that oh. you can reach, yeah. anything okay. that you uh, anything you have uh, have uh, influence on. For example, right. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to uh, protecting whales, for example, elephant poaching or endangered species in, yeah. in in Pakistan in Australia in Braz- Brazil in the Amazon we'll begin jungle. to
1: take your stewardship of the earth more seriously exactly
0: absolutely mm. we need to be seen on climate you know for example climate change where are the muslims what mm. are the Mus- muslims are crying about their little you know things here and there and we, this is why we we ended up with these this. if we produce leadership who's taking the leadership on these issues mm. i just mentioned who's who's taking predominantly non-muslims W- for white non-muslim uh you know either on europeans the, americans canadians australians it's predominantly white people which yeah. is great good for them i mean this is something good great mm-hmm. about uh people from the west right that's why they don't have to face all these major catastrophes around the world i believe their mm-hmm. home is uh, uh, you they know they have a
2: level of justice yes to the earth yeah and to those people around yeah. them which is maybe protecting them from the same things although a lot of this
0: destruction was caused by colonial powers there's no yeah. doubt I mean the wildlife destruction was called by colonial pow- caused by colonial powers oh, uh, capitalism you know, clo- yeah exactly capitalism is yeah. one thing but colonial rule in Africa and India mm. you know they simply wiped out the wildlife because they would go for fun to shoot down tigers elephants uh, uh, buffalo uh, native lions, human beings even uh, yeah I- <laughs> I- exactly native human beings as yeah. well but it's never too late to wake up now mm. uh, something has happened uh, things have changed in the 20th century people woke up mm. hold on we have a responsibility towards this wrong we have done to the world we need to fix it mm. and they, a lot of people have come forward they've taken responsibility my question is where is the muslim manifestation of mercy allah has made us the manifestation of that mercy promised in the Quran, but uh-huh. P- P- Prophet, P- Prophet passed away 14 uh-huh. centuries ago, right? Uh-huh. We are that manifestation. We are to be that manifestation. Once we start campaigning on these issues, then what do you think? People who are campaigning for elephants, they won't campaign for Palestine. They won't campaign for Kashmir. They won't? Of course, they will. It is but natural for people to feel. Uh, a sense it's of like priority, a sense of responsibility majoring. towards these global issues. The reason why people are so sluggish and, and, and ignorant or negligent about these causes, these major causes we mm. talked about, is because they don't look at these not-so-important issues.
1: It's kind mm. of um, uh, like uh, an argument... Min uh, al So, like oh. if, like Allah says, don't say yes to your parents. Yes, so it encompasses anything greater than that. Absolutely. So if your if your concern is even injustice towards animals, yeah, or the environment, yeah. anything then about that, then you're going to be, be hypersensitive towards any bigger injustice. Uh, absolutely,
0: absolutely, amazing yeah. point. Look at yeah. the yeah. Prophet He's oh. saying he's telling us there was a sinner from Banu Israel, a woman, min mm. Banu Israel. She was sent to Jannah. She was forgiven by mm. Allah for one kind gesture towards a dog. She descended into a well, Mm -hmm. she gave uh, little water. This dog dying of thirst uh, next to the well. Mm -hmm. She saw the dog, she felt mercy for the dog. She descended Mm -hmm. into the well, she gave that water. She may have committed major sins. She may have done big things in her life because the the way Prophet described her, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But Allah forgave her for that kind gesture. So these kind gestures towards animals, the Prophet ﷺ talked, talked about not burdening the camel. Because once um, w- when you will burden the camel, you'll burden, you'll burden humans, yes. right? Yeah. And when you will burden humans, you will start killing them. It's not far. Like you mentioned mm. the right of parents in the Quran, mm. Allah talks about right? Mm. So if you are disrespectful towards your parents, the next <laughs> in line is the Prophet himself. Mm. And then Allah, the Quran and all these things, you're not, you're not far from that. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws these lines. Don't cross these lines. Okay, once you cross one line, the next line is not far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you see? Uh-huh. So this is why we need to start looking at the, the, the planet. Uh, we the Muslims need to have a bird's eye view of the planet. We don't, we, once we start focusing on exhausting our, our, our means and our uh, you know, finances on one particular cause, uh, because it's a human catastrophe uh, which is the right thing to do yeah. but we need some people to focus on other things as well yeah, yeah. so that we can take global leadership yeah. which is belongs to us anyway leaders in different spheres yeah. 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 yeah yeah which belongs to us for the reasons described in the quran that yeah. we are the best of people Why? because mm. not because we have a certain color a certain language a certain tribe or 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 a background no because of our characters because yeah. we we deserve leadership if mm-hmm. we uh, you know, uh, good yeah, exactly. Good. Stand up to yeah. it, yeah. okay, or mm. stand up for it. Yes, yeah, well, good
1: point. I wanted also to ask you a few questions about your thoughts on the the recent escalations in uh, Kashmir, because mm. you've been um, yeah. making some statements about it on social media, and uh, particularly looking at the the history of you know, I remember one of your Facebook posts you mentioned. That um, the founders of Pakistan, hmm. um, they kind of foresaw, hmm. they predicted that there would be a rise in right-wing Hindu nationalism. Hmm. So that's one of the reasons, you know, behind campaigning for a state for for Muslims. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I didn't know I that. I mean, what was? Um, so I mean, so just let's just uh, recently there's been an acute escalation uh, of rhetoric and they, um, in, in India. Uh, against the Kashmiris, there's been a sense of panic. A few brothers and sisters we've been talking about uh, over there in Kashmir, in in India as well, have been talking about, you know, the very precarious situation they're feeling. Can you describe what's been happening and then maybe we can look at the the You see, uh,
0: to understand what's happening uh, happening in India today, one must study the history of India from ancient times, like Mm. going back to maybe um, at least a thousand years back. To start studying what was happening in India then, mm-hmm. right? Um, and why did the Muslims feel this sense of uh, fear from the extreme uh, element within the Hindu community mm. in India? Uh, so because Muslims had uh, existed or coexisted in uh, India with Hindus for over a thousand years, right? So they had. Good reasons, solid reasons to fear living under a Hindu rule in India, especially when it would be a democracy when the British left, because Hindus were the majority. And this argument that Muslims uh, from Bengal and uh, West uh, Western India and Central India collective, uh, collectively would have outnumbered the the current Hindu majority of India is absurd. This argument is absolutely absurd. Oh, yeah, anyone anyone who knows the demographics. I didn't know if it was well yeah, or not, anyone who knows the demographics. Uh, of India wouldn't argue in that way. Why? Because what has changed today? There are more Muslims in India uh, than there are in Pakistan and they are demographically divided in ways that they cannot have a real impact politically uh, on the politics of the country. So uh, if you look at the Muslim population in India, it's, it, it, it is in pockets. There is a pocket in Hyderabad, there's a pocket in uh, uh, Northern India, there are few pockets um, possibly in West India. Okay, and because they are divided demographically, uh, they cannot have a real impact politically. How many MPs do Muslims have in the parliament in India today? How many? How mm-hmm. many real leaders who can actually stand and t- talk for Muslims? Okay. There is one or two, there are one or two people, of course. Uh, there is, uh, these are these Awasi brothers who are seen as villains by the, the extremist uh, element in India. Uh, but they are trying their best to represent the Muslim mm-hmm. cause in India. Right, so this argument is this is why the founding fathers of Pakistan demanded a separate homeland in order to protect uh, the unique identity Muslims professed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Muslims were different to Hindus, of course. Uh,
1: Muslims, uh, what's Hindu as, a coherent <coughs> kind of no group? Because uh, I, I, I get the impression see, sometimes that yeah. Hinduism as a thing was created. Uh, Kind of stringing together all kinds of... Hinduism is a
0: new idea. Hindus are not homogeneous. They're not monolithic. They Mm. don't exist as a pocket, as one uh, united entity. That was never the case. If you pick up uh, histories from the Mughal period and Mm. even before that, they are written in Persian. Mm. Even written by Hindus. Even written by Hindus. who created Hinduism? Uh, Hinduism was created by the British. Okay, to divide the Muslims and Hindus... Uh, along com- uh, religious lines mm. so that they are easily governed. And uh, the British uh, st- uh, establishment, colonial establishment, favored uh, Hindus over Muslims because they feared that Muslims who have lost power in India will try to come back to, to, to mm. or they will try to claim back that glory once they once had in India. So that was the reason why uh, the British political establishment favored Hindus and Hindus were appointed in important positions even in the 19th century. So the the war of independence or the Indian mutiny uh, of 1857. Yeah. Um Depending who you ask. Uh, exactly, absolutely, d- depends on perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, caused the Muslims to be marginalized. They were completely sidelined uh, because the British blamed the Muslims entirely for that mutiny, even though it was sparked or initiated by Hindus, the Hindu garrison at Meerut in India in 1857. It was actually started by a Hindu uh, soldier within the British East India Company um, Mm. army. His name was Mangal Pandey and he initiated the rebellion and then then it grew to other regions of Northern India. And then the Mughal emperor who was a puppet already uh, anyway Mm. was forced into it by on Mm. gunpoint. Some of these mutineers, they came and they occupied Delhi and they forced the emperor to take leadership because they didn't have a leader. They didn't have a leader. So they wanted mm. some kind of central leadership. So the blame was put on Muslims, to cut the long story short, and Muslims were thenceforth completely marginalized from important positions. Mm. They were given to Hindus. Uh, Muslims lacked education. For that reason, people like Sir Syed Ahmad Khan, uh, who had some erroneous ideas on Islam, unfortunately, he you know, kind of sparked many controversies when it comes to his theological views. But when it comes to his leadership for the Muslim community in India, he was very sincere. He wanted good for the Muslims. So for that purpose, to that end, he established this uh, college called Anglo-Muslim College in a place called Aligarh, which later on came to be known as the Aligarh University, the Oxford of Muslims Mm -hmm. in India, basically. Mm. Right. And the Aligarh University produced many intellectuals because he could see, Sir Sayyid could see, Sir Sayyid his name was Sayyid Ahmad Khan, uh, Sir okay. was the title given by the British mm. establishment to, to him for his achievements. Right? So he could see that Muslims, if something is not done very fast, will uh, suffer financially, economically, you know, politically, uh, and that will impact Muslim well being in India. So that's why he established this educational institution to have an elite for the Muslim uh, community so that Muslims can have effective leaders, intelligent leaders, educated leaders who can Mm. lead the uh, the Muslims of the subcontinent. And that is what produced directly or indirectly that particular group of people um, which rose to lead the Muslims during the independence movement later mm. on in the 20th century. Okay, so then how does, Kashmir,
2: how does Kashmir, Kashmir- Kashmir issue
0: is basically uh, another a very unfortunate episode in the history of colonial India. Uh, Kashmir is predominantly Muslim, yeah, right? Okay. Kashmir was governed by Muslims for over a thousand years. Again, uh, Muslim uh, sultans uh, had direct rule over Kashmir, okay? In fact, we can find coins to this day uh, from the Mughal period minted in Kashmir, in Surinagar. Oh. You have um, uh, the Mughal emperor, Jalaluddin Muhammad Akbar. Mm-hmm. Um, who, his coins were minted in Surinagar. Oh okay, wow, I, okay. I, I possess them in my personal uh, mm. coin. By, by the way, I'm a coin collector as well. Oh yeah. You missed that oh. out. Okay? Yeah, so I have a huge coins collection, uh, mainly focusing on Muslim dynasties, Muslim civilization, and okay, then other um, regions as well. What's
1: the oldest coin you have? Sorry, mm, Umayyad?
0: No, Greek. Uh, Greek, fifth century B.C. <laughs> Athens. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Srinagar. There are coins minted in Srinagar. Then we have uh, coins minted during so the reign of Jahangir, who, Shah Jahan, Aurangzeb. I okay. possess. I, I have these coins in my personal collection. Oh, wow. Okay. What's okay. your address? Kashmir. <laughs> <laughs> Kashmir. Sorry.
1: What's your address? <laughs> my address <laughs> is unknown.
0: Actually, doesn't. I don't keep all my coins <laughs> <laughs> in one place. By the way, if uh, anyone's so thinking <laughs> something, right? Mashallah. Okay. Uh, so anyone who collects coins seriously yeah. would know that much <laughs> okay
1: so yeah, I, I must admit i just collect coins for kind of spending them okay <laughs>
0: but you can't do that anymore because they don't have any value unfortunately yeah. so kashmir has been there as okay. muslim territory for a very long time mughal emperors would go there for uh you know uh, recre- recreational purposes they would go and purposes, spend their time yeah. there if if, if if an emperor w- felt uh, sick or ill, they would make their way to Kashmir. I mean, there are so many examples. Then, after the Mughals declined, um, other dynasties came in. For example, the Durranis, the Afghans, right? Uh-huh. Ahmad Shah Abdali, um, or also known as Ahmad Shah Durani. Uh, He governed Kashmir directly. There are coins. Was that
1: after the Mughals? After
0: the Mughals. After the Mughals. It was
1: before the Mughals. So
0: how did how was Kashmir lost? From Mm. I mean, how did Muslims lose control of Kashmir, which is predominantly Muslim demographically? Kashmir is a Muslim territory. Okay, I would say over 80 percent of the the population is Muslim. Right. So when India was divided by the British uh, colonial establishment, Kashmir would naturally come to. Pakistan, awesome. right? But Kashmir was a semi-independent territory ruled by uh, Hind- a Hindu family called the Dogras, okay? This Hindu family got the the control of uh, Kashmiri territory in the mid 19th century from the Sikhs mm-hmm. because Maharaja Ranjit Singh, uh, again, it's going to be a very long history lesson and I'm going to shorten <laughs> it uh, so that people understand yeah. where we're coming from. Uh, Sikhs, um, uh, governed parts of India, particularly Punjab, the Punjab region, for nearly 50 years, okay? Mm. Uh, Maharaja Ranjit Singh, <coughs> who was born in current day Pakistan, Gujranwala. okay? Uh, he rose to unite, or he took leadership as, uh, as a young man of the Sikh uh, divided uh, military orders, he united them. There were 12 uh, different orders in different parts of Punjab. Okay, of the Sikhs and they called them Mithals. Mithal actually means a group uh, of people who are, it's like a military group. So they would go into different territories, rob, plunder, and this is how they lived, right? So Ranjit Singh united all these 12 groups and became the leader and he took Lahore from the Durani's. Okay, so after he occupied Lahore in 1799, uh, thenceforth he governed uh, with an iron fist parts of Punjab and at one point, He was governing territory from Peshawar to Multan. Wow. Okay, yes, Uh, and he governed for 40 years. He died in 1839, cut the long story short. Mm -hmm. Within 10 years, his empire uh, was uh, dismantled, and there were two Anglo-Sikh wars. The British had their eyes on the Punjab, which is a very fertile region, and Mm -hmm. it was producing... uh,
1: Rice, sugar, A lot of things, a lot of things. So
0: the British had their eyes on the Punjab. So they defeated the Sikhs in two wars, two Anglo-Sikh wars, and the Sikhs lost the influence in Punjab and the British uh, imposed their direct rule. Now at that time, uh, Kashmir was governed by the Sikhs, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Kashmir was occupied by Maharaja Ranjit Singh and there are coins minted in Kashmir in the name of Maharaja Ranjit Singh and his sons, Sher Singh and you know, others who came. I mean, there were not many. Unfortunately, they all kind of died within very short span of time after their father was uh, mm. gone. So Kashmir became a territory ruled by the Sikhs. But then the governor of Kashmir was Hindu. His name was Gulab Singh. Okay, uh, Gulab Singh was directly attached to the court of Maharaja Ranjit Singh in Lahore. So when uh, things went wrong Uh, upside down in the center, Gulab Singh uh, announced his independence Uh and they came to be known as the Dogras. Okay, this was the Dogra family. So there was now direct rule of the Dogras um, Uh over the valley of Jammu and Kashmir. Which is
1: predominantly Muslim population. Population
0: is still Muslim. Predominantly, over 90% is still Muslim. Okay, so uh, from then to 1940s, when India was basically split into two halves, mainly, um, the, the, the family still continued to govern, even as, um, as a tributary uh, power. Uh, I mean, they, they were like under the protection or, you know, how can I put it? It was like a vessel state, yeah. right? So the over ruling power was the British colonial Empire. establishment. So Maharaja or the Raja of Kashmir at the time of the partition was Hari Singh, one of the descendants of Gulab Singh. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jinnah approached him for the reason that Muhammad Ali Jinnah approached him in 1947 or before that that Kashmir is a Muslim territory; it the population is all Muslim. So it would be only fair for you to join Pakistan, right? And uh, then Nehru. Pandit Jawaharlal Jawaharlal Nehru, who was the the leader on the other side, who was representing Congress, uh, Congress party in Mm -hmm. India, who was one of the founding fathers of current day India. Uh, He approached um, Maharaja Hari Singh that you should uh, uh, become a part of India. So with some reservations, because he was Hindu himself, Hari Singh, he didn't care about the population and in fact there were some massacres carried out against the population when they wanted to be with the muslims Mm -hmm. Uh, he joined hands with india so india uh, imposed an indirect rule um, on the valley of jammu and kashmir okay which continued to this day on paper of course uh, kashmir has been the most heavily militarized region in the world there is I mean, there are close to a million soldiers in Kashmir as we speak right now, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. To subdue the valley, to have Mm. control over it. And Pakistan wants it as part of Pakistan because it was claimed by Pakistan as well, right? So uh, Nehru promised when he took Kashmir as his own, Mm. as if it was his his own, uh, you know, to claim, uh, he promised that we will do a referendum for the population. If the population wants to uh, go independent from India and Pakistan, it would be their choice. Or if they want to join Mm. hands with Pakistan, then that referendum never happened, unfortunately, right? So Kashmir was given a special status um, and the article that guaranteed that was the article 370 in the Indian constitution and 35A, right? Uh, according to these two articles been discussed at the moment right yes w- which is exactly what was uh, repealed uh, mm. yesterday was it yesterday or the y- day before yeah, on, yes, Monday. Yeah. on Monday on mm. Monday these two articles were repealed by the current extremist right wing bjP Indian government okay mm. uh, and uh, they obviously didn't care about agreements made by previous governments and leaders so these two articles guaranteed uh, the semi autonomous status of the states of jammu and kashmir uh, so according to these articles indian civilians uh, from mainland india couldn't buy land in kashmir yeah. okay the, the the jurisdiction of the supreme court of india did not did, didn't apply in jammu and kashmir okay the people of jammu and kashmir could have their own flags okay uh, they would have to consult the main uh, land uh, the, the, the indian government on issues regarding um, foreign policy, mm. defense, and things like that, security issues. Other than that, Kashmir was constitutionally a semi-autonomous region. So now they just changed status, the constitution? Yeah, they changed, any, they abolished without any serious consultation, even with their own politicians, to impose a direct occupational rule over mm. the Valley of Jammu and Kashmir. Mm. These two articles were completely repealed by the current Indian government, which is well known for and the Indian didn't, yeah. against Muslims, mm. for pumping Islamophobia, all the lynchings in India that have been taking place for the last five years. Yeah, have I was just so videos today. Yes. Of how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. Muslims are being killed, uh, you know, like, uh, like, even like insects, basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if Hindu mobs get together and they, they decide to kill a Muslim or a Muslim family, uh, it's, it's all good. Police would be, uh, you know, reluctant to take action because a lot of the times police uh, th- themselves, they sympathize with such mobs and they are, they are part of the, the, the problem. So Muslims are facing a very difficult period, generally speaking, in India. Yeah. Very, very difficult period. I mean, recently all these issues have been raised about the, uh, the triple talaq as if Modi or the BJP mm, really cares about the exactly. Indian women. <laughs> and yeah. some of the Muslim leaders have been raising this point that if you yeah. really care about the rights of women, which is the pretext they are using to attack the Muslim community by mm-hmm. using uh, one of the clauses of yeah. the Hanafi fiqh, right? Um, and this is what the Muslim readers have been speaking about in, in, in India, that don't think this is only a problem of the Hanafis. It is a problem for, for the Muslims, because today they are attacking the Hanafi fiqh. Tomorrow mm. they will attack all fiqh. They yeah. will attack Islam, and this is the aim. Slowly make, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, talking about specifically this hard particular to, government. It's
1: hard not to question their sincerity about protecting exactly. women where they're being raped in mobs. Uh, exactly,
0: exactly. And on top of that, hold on, uh, if you think about women's rights in India, the the highest uh, rate of rapes in the world, okay, is in India, unfortunately. India is the rape capital of the world.
2: Number yeah, one. Yeah. Number
0: two. Uh the highest rate of female infanticide is in India. The yeah. highest number of uh, aborted female fetuses is mm. in India. Mm-hmm. Mm. The highest number of child prostitution uh, mm. is in India. There are slums in India, Bombay, Bengal, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know where, I mean, you go and watch documentaries on YouTube and you will see mm. uh, what's happening to women in India. So it is ironic for the government to suddenly, the BJP government in particular, Very to suddenly wake yeah. up and start defending women's rights when it comes to Muslim Muslim mm. women, right? And Modi tweeted about that, mm. that today you know, there is something, freedom for women or something like that. So this is like S- Sarkozy, Right, mm. uh, in in uh, I think not very long ago, when he was the president in France, he said he, they are imposing this uh, mm. niqab ban to protect uh, <laughs> women <Yeah>. against oppression. <laughs> but hold on a second, France has a huge population of uh, trafficked women who are being mm. sold in markets. Mm-hmm. France has a huge problem with women. It seems like the normal dr-
1: kind of playbook to yeah. to um, to. To call to a a crowd baying for kind of uh, the blood of a scapegoat, get angry at this kind of demonized population. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, whilst you continue to kind of increase your own powers as a government. Yes. And uh, distract. People. And and and
0: distracting people from real problems. So so. All coming, these. Coming
1: back to Kashmir.
0: Yeah. Coming back to Kashmir, I mean, currently now, unfortunately, the situation is that India has imposed a direct rule over Kashmir. Mm -hmm. It's occupation now, basically. It's completely ignoring all the previous treaties and agreements and going against all the United Nations Nations resolutions and and all the advice of uh, international leaders and requests from Pakistan, and Kashmiri leaders, Mm. uh, and even Indian politicians within India. Rahul Gandhi, the leader of uh, Congress Party, which is one of the biggest parties in India, has severely criticized this move, and he has warned that this move will potentially divide India, Mm. and uh, big things may happen.
1: It's a kind of global lurch to the right of many different... um uh USA, uh, many different um, European uh, countries, uh, Israel, to India. The they they right keep here. to be. F- they seem to be forming like a nexus of uh, further populist, right-wing kind of anti-Muslim, yes. anti-immigration rhetoric.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But like for the people of Kashmir, I don't know what this means. We have no idea what's going to happen to them. And Mm. Indian Army is unfortunately known for committing atrocities in Kashmir. It is well documented. I'm not even making this up. This is not because I'm speaking as a Muslim. My bias is speaking. There is documentary evidence of Indian Army committing atrocities against Kashmiri civilians. Okay, thousands of people have disappeared, thousands of rapes, okay, and other things, right? the the world's
1: largest... Um, population of preventable blindness in Kashmir as well because of the because of the pellets what they euphemistically call pellet guns which is just Twelve gauge shotguns filled with yeah. uh, metal, yeah. 500, yeah. 600 metal pellets. And
0: I, I really wonder who is advising the Indian government or the military to do these kind of things because it doesn't but really it bring any 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 peace to the to
2: the. It to wouldn't, the, but it would peace is not good for business. His, yeah, exactly. unfortunately, unfortunately sure. that's true. And, and the you know Hindu wha- community will yeah. rally against, or yeah. rally for yeah. their leadership when it comes to a, a two or four.
0: Pakistani Prime Minister today, he delivered a speech, and he, um, he warned the Indian government that if anything goes wrong in Kashmir now, uh, Pakistan is mm-hmm. not to blame, uh, India or the Indian government will be to blame for any atrocities, any uh, uh, unpleasant events going on in Kashmir. And we really hope for peace. We as Muslim community around the world, we want the best for the people of Kashmir. We want the best for pe- the people of India.
1: I mean, and a lot of people have been criticizing the Pakistani government or Pakistani mm. army hmm. uh, or Pakistani nationalists, hmm. kind of, who say, you know, we have a very strong army, but I mean, why don't you do anything about? Why do you uh, protect the people in Kashmir? Yeah, I mean, okay, what's no, practically what can they do? I don't think they, they, do they have about? the
0: power to just move into Kashmir and start uh, start a war. They cannot. Finish. Mm. So Pakistan- Because there's been
1: several wars, how many, two or three wars in the past? Yeah, and and they
0: haven't done anything. So this is why the current prime minister, Imran Khan, uh, and I don't agree with everything he says, but there are a few things he says are very, very uh, noble. He has Mm. clearly said to the Indian government that we are ready for peace. We want peace for both our nations. Mm. Uh, We should come together and work for the well-being of our people. Uh, India needs peace. Indian people deserve a better lifestyle. Pakistani people need a better lifestyle. And most importantly, the Kashmiris uh, uh, have the right to determine their future, right? So why don't we come to terms, sit down uh, and, have, and have a discussion? But it seems that the government on the other side doesn't want peace and they're doing things like this. Mm. And now there is direct occupation. I really hope and pray that Kashmir doesn't become another you know, Palestine. I really really hope and pray that there is uh, a resolution but unfortunately facts on the ground uh, are telling another story. Do you think and, yeah. do you
1: think this is what we're witnessing is the kind of the death pangs of the nation state model here? And these types of uh, is is India too big to be a single kind of coherent state?
0: Uh it is I mean I don't know um what to say on this but it is clear that uh, the Indian government, current the current government, the, why I keep saying the current government, it is ruled by a specific group of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are known for their bigotry, they are yeah. known for their hatred towards Muslims, they are known for their hatred towards Sikhs yeah. and Dalits. And uh, it, it, is an e- it is an elite, which doesn't seem to be caring about the people of India because of the, ki- because of mm-hmm. the kind of things they're doing. And uh, uh, if India had problems previously, what this government might end up doing is, is c- completely escalating those problems out of control, right? And yeah. it is very possible that our fears uh, about the region may, uh, may come true. Uh, but we really hope for peace and justice for all people in mm-hmm. the world, whether it's Kashmiris or Indians, and uh, this world... Is getting
2: So in terms know, of the brothers and sisters watching the podcast and everyone mm-hmm. out there, what can we do to get involved, to do something for the... I,
0: I advise Muslims around the world today to, again, not be, uh, you know, not have this knee-jerk attitude towards global politics, rather. We need to have a long-term strategy, globally speaking. We need to have more people in journalism. We need to have more people educated. We need to have more people... Uh, taking leadership around the globe whether it is politically, economically um, and you know uh, in other fields uh, that that mm-hmm. are important power shaping power making uh, positions okay this is where we are lacking We have many intelligent people we have many doctors engineers mm-hmm. accountants we need more thinkers we need more politicians, noble politicians right when you use the word politician, Uh, People think it is a liar, a hypocrite, a deceiver, (laughs) Uh okay? Uh And uh, a number of people come to mind, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and I don't wanna mention the names, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm Mm -hmm. not talking about that. I'm talking about politicians, uh, you know, Omar bin Khattab, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Abu Bakr As siddiq radiallahu anhu, Uthman and Ali, some of them were successful, others were not, but the point is, we need to have nobility of character. And when we show that nobility, politically on the political scene the world can see that there is an alternative we don't have to elect uh, uh, people with yellow hair you know uh, we, we don't have to yeah, elect you don't have power. to become okay. your uh, yeah, leaders yeah, anyway yeah i mean when i say yellow hair, I, I don't have anything against yellow hair but there are you know <laughs> <laughs> the people i'm talking about right funny looking people with We're funny man, characters um, yeah. with, with little iq with little intelligence Uh, we don't have to elect these people to power, okay? There are other alternatives, we need to produce those alternatives. So Muslims need to take lead wherever they may be in these fields, okay? Uh, We blame the governments, we blame uh, the Middle Eastern governments, we blame our own governments, wherever (coughs) they may be. But the question is, okay, uh, you are just another man having popcorn, sitting in front of the TV, watching news and blaming, blaming, blaming. Okay, where's the solution? The solution is in you, get up, Wake up, go to the university, go and launch a YouTube channel and start talking about politics and don't cause disasters and blunders. I mean we don't we don't want ignorant people talking about mm. topics they haven't. Study, educate yourselves, Read. get to know the world and talk yeah. about it, and yeah, then true. you will become
1: leaders, inshallah. Mm, inshallah. And also, you know, we're in the last the first ten days of the hijjah also mm. make dua. I uh, imagine you know, all these millions of people in yes. Hajj, the hujjaj you know, absolutely. They, if you're yeah. watching, I don't know yeah. why you're watching while you're in uh, Ihram, but it's not Haram, inshallah, but if you're watching, remember to make dua for brothers and sisters in Kashmir, Palestine, Where everywhere uh, the world, yeah. East Turkestan, everywhere, uh, subhanAllah.
0: And before we end, a very quick note, that we as Muslims, we represent a civilization, right? We don't represent a particular ethnicity or a, or a particular language or a particular... Piece of land. Uh-huh. We represent a civilization. It is a living uh-huh. civilization. It started with the advent of the Prophet of Islam, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yeah. It has a unique feature. Uh-huh. It has a unique character. We represent that civilization. We represent our poets, our authors, our libraries, our hospitals, our our street lights in Cordoba. We d- p- represent our philosophers in Baghdad. We represent our theologians in in Damascus. We represent our artists, for example, calligraphers in India. We represent all of that. Islamic civilization is absolutely beautiful. And this is what we need to highlight. We need to show the world that you can't just jump from a bunch of extremists straight to the Prophet and link them to the Prophet. No. Mm. If you want to talk about the Prophet, then you start talking about what took place between the the 21st century and exactly the Mm. rich history of the Muslim civilization or the Islamic Mm. civilization, if you want to call that.
1: I'd like to (laughs) continue the conversation. It's very uh, interesting. But unfortunately, we have to wrap
2: up JazakAllah khair Brothers and sisters We have to uh, take Allah uh, sh- to uh, dinner We have to take him To eat as well MashaAllah yeah.
1: He's probably very hungry We'll take care of that Now Now you're stepping Into our field of expertise Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> okay khair uh, Brothers and sisters For watching uh, And listening Please uh, give it a like And share if you're interested um, If you didn't like it Then go easy on us We have very fragile egos um, You might have noticed We're also on iTunes um, Google Play Podcasts, Wherever you get your podcasts Inshallah We should be now so please give it a, you know, um, however you like it, five stars, whatever, you know, if you want. Uh, unless it's, it gives you the choice of ten stars, and go for that one. But uh, yeah, I've been your host, Salman Bhatt. This is Adil Rashid, <laughs> Adil uh, Ali, Adnan Rashid. We won't get mixed up again. But Zakla uh, for joining. Zakhla Assalamualaikum.
0: salamu
2: alaykum wa rahmatullah. <laughs>